What's going on, guys? It's Indiana back with another episode of S Cube, the Shills Sports Show. Today, we are going to be talking about my NL predictions for the MLB season. Today, we're going to be talking about the NL East, NL Central, and NL West. So, without further ado, we can go ahead and get into it right away. First off, we have the NL East. Uh, we're going to be keeping the same format as last time. If you didn't see the AL predictions, please make sure you go check that out as well. Not really any too bold takes, but regardless, it's pretty. It's a pretty good episode that I put together. So if you guys could check that out, that'd be appreciated. But the NL preview will go with the teams that are going to finish in the bottom of the division first, and then we'll work our way up to the teams that will win the division. So first off, we have the Miami Marlins. They went 57-105 and 105 last year. I think they can get 66 wins this year, go 66-96. and 96. Jonathan VR joins the team batting 274 last year with uh, 24 home runs, 73 RBIs, and a 3.9 war. VR also didn't miss a game last year, which is good to see for him. I think he can keep around that 275-ish average, uh, hit around 25 home runs. I think he'll have relatively the same year as last season. Corey Dickerson, he played in only 78 games. Uh, he batted 304, 12 home runs, 59 RBIs, signed in free agency, two years, $17.5 million. I think he's going to be one of the key players for the Marlins this year in order for their offense to succeed. Brian Anderson, he's also a solid piece for the Marlins, batting 261 last year, 20 home runs, 66 RBIs, and a 3.7 wins above replacement. He is one of their young cornerstones playing third base. And he will continue to play well. I think he could bat over over 260 this year, maybe 275, hit about 25, 30 home runs. Uh, as long as he plays well, the Marlins should do decent offensively. That leads me into my next player, Jordan Yamamoto. I think he should be their ace this year. 15 games last year, 4-5 and five record with a 4-4-6 ERA, uh, 82 strikeouts. He has a pretty good breaking ball. He just struggles sometimes keeping uh, the ERA down. If he can get that down a little bit, uh, maybe looking looking in like the three, even if it's like three seven, I think he should have a pretty decent year. And the uh, the final player I wanted to talk about for the Marlins is Sixto Sanchez. He's a prospect, only 20 years old. Last season played for the Double uh, A affiliate for the Marlins, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. He had an eight and six record with a 2.76 ERA and 103 strikeouts. I'm not sure if he's going to make the jump to the majors this year, but if he does. Look out for him. He could be a great pitcher and potentially the future for the Miami Marlins pitching. So like I said before, Marlins, I think, get 66 wins this year. This is based off 162-game season, 66-96. and 96. That leads me into who's going to finish fourth in the NL East, the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies won 81-81 and 81 last season. I think they're going to take a little step back, 77-85. and 85. They got players like Bryce Harper, Real Muto. Hoskins and Nola. Bryce Harper had a pretty good year last year despite people saying he's not worth the money. He batted 260, 35 home runs, and 114 RBIs, 4.3 wins above replacement. He did sign that 13-year, $330 million contract. I think he's going to have a good year this season. I think he can bat right around 280, 285. He does strike out a decent amount. He's just got to watch out for that. But, I mean, the, Bryce Harper is a solid player. JT Real Muto batted 275 last season, 25 home runs, 83 RBIs with a 4.5 wins above replacement. Uh, he was a gold glover, silver slugger, probably the best catcher in the MLB right now. I think he can continue to play at a high level. I think he can continue to be the best catcher in Major League Baseball, uh, batting 275, 25 home runs. I think he stays right around there. Uh, he's a solid catcher without a doubt. Reese Hoskins, 226 average last season, 29 home runs, 85 RBIs. 
not the average you're looking for out of Reese Hoskins. He led the NL in walks last season. Uh, if he can get that average up to about 250, 260, continue to hit roughly 35 or 30 home runs a year, I think he's going to be solid for the Phillies. Aaron Nola. In 34 games, he was 12 and 7 with a 3.87 ERA, 229 strikeouts. That's a very good number for him. He led the NL in games started with 34. I mean, he's their ace. He's he's going to continue to play well. I think. I don't see any reason that he's going to have a down year. And then finally, another pitcher I have for the Phillies is Hector Neris, bullpen arm, their closer. In 68 games. He was 28 of 34 for saves with a 2.93 ERA. Uh, he has a team option at the year's end. Not much else to say about Hector Neris. He's a solid closer. Pretty much everything you could expect. Would be nice if he got the ERA down just a little bit. So again, I have the Phillies finishing 77 and 85, which leads me to my next team finishing third in the NL East, the New York Mets at 83 and 79. 86 and 76 last year. I think they take a step back just a little bit this year. Pete Alonso batted 260 with 53 home runs, 120 RBIs, rookie of the year, led the MLB in home runs. He had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. It's going to be hard for him to replicate that. I mean, if you hit 53 home runs at 120 RBIs, it's that's going to be hard to do on a consistent basis. I think he's going to take a step back. We'll see. I can see definitely around 40, 45 home runs from Alonzo, but he's still going to play great. Michael Conforto is next on my list for the Mets, batting 257 last year, 33 home runs, 92 RBIs, 3.4 war. Michael Conforto's kind of slept on. A lot of people overlook him. I think he's a solid player for the Mets, a great outfielder. I believe he didn't. He only made three errors last season. 257 average is solid. 33 home runs and 92 RBIs. I mean, just shy of 100 RBIs. Can't complain about that for Michael Conforto. So you can expect him to have relatively the same year. I think he can play better than 92 RBIs. I really do think he can hit maybe 100 RBIs this year. Jeff McNeil batted 318 for the Mets last season. 23 home runs, 75 RBIs with a 4.9 war. All-star, great player, great second baseman for the team. I think he's going to take a step back. I think he can. I think he's going to bat roughly 285 this year, 280. That's still pretty solid. 23 home runs is a little steep, I think. Maybe 18, 75 RBIs. You could lower that maybe to 70, 72. Right, I mean, right around the 75 area works, I think. So Jeff McNeil, all-star last season. I don't think he'll be an all-star this season, but he'll still be a decent player for the New York Mets. And then we got to talk about Jacob deGrom. Two-time Cy Young, back-to-back. He was 11-8 and last season, 2-4-3 ERA, 255 strikeouts, 8.2 wins above replacement, led the National League in strikeouts. There's not much to say about him other than he is deGrominant. There's no way he doesn't continue. He could honestly win the Cy Young again this year. There's no way Jacob deGrom is going to regress. Jacob deGrom is that guy in the NL. And then most of you know that uh, Noah Syndergaard is going to be out for the season, Tommy John surgery. So instead of talking about him, I am going to talk about Marcus Stroman, who was 10-13 and 13 last year with a 3-2-2 ERA. That's a pretty good-looking ERA for Stroman. 159 strikeouts, all-star last season. And he'll bump up to the second spot in the rotation for the Mets. So we'll have to see how uh, deGrom's wingman will play this year. But I think Stroman is going to... Turn that record around at from 10 and 13, even though records don't matter a ton for pitching. I think he keeps that ERA about 325 and the wins will fall. So I got the Mets, like I said before, at 83 and 79. That leads me into my next team. Finishing second in the NL East will be the Washington Nationals. Nationals, I believe, are going to have 87 wins, 75 losses compared to their 93 and 69 record last season. Juan Soto, he averaged 282 last season. 
34 home runs, 110 RBIs, 4.6 wins above replacement, and he's only 21 years old. Juan Soto could easily be the future of the National League. He's a great player, he's got fire, and overall, he's a great team player. Trey Turner batted 298 last season, 19 home runs, 57 RBIs, 35 stolen bases, 3.3 wins above replacement, led the NL in stolen bases back in 2018. I think he does it this year. I think he leads the NL in stolen bases this year in uh, 2020. So, And then when you talk about the Washington Nationals, you kind of got to talk about their pitching. They got a three-headed monster between Scherzer, Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin. Max Scherzer in 27 games, 11-7 and seven with a 2.92 ERA, 243 strikeouts, third in the NL Cy Young. Strasburg, 33 games, 18-6, and 3-3-2 ERA, 251 strikeouts, fifth in Cy Young. Patrick Corbin, 33 games, 14-7, and 3-2-5 ERA, 238 strikeouts, 11th in the Cy Young. I mean, 11th is a little far-fetched, but when you got your 1-2 and two finishing 3rd and 5th in Cy Young, yikes. I mean, the NL East is going to have a tough time against the three-headed monster of the Washington Nationals. I think all three of those guys are going to play well. So, again, the Nationals finishing 87-75, and 75, which leads me to the division winner, the Atlanta Braves, at 95-67. and 67. They be two wins less than last year, but the Braves are going to be a great team. Ronald Acuna batted 280 with 41 home runs, 101 RBIs, and 37 stolen bases. Silver Slugger, fifth in the MVP, and he's young. He's not going anywhere. He's only getting better. Acuna could easily hit 45 home runs this season and 120 RBIs. I, I can see it happening. Freddie Freeman batted 295, 38 home runs, 121 RBIs, .938 OPS, Silver Slugger. Freddie Freeman is going to continue to play at a high level, arguably be the best first baseman in the NL. Uh, over the offseason, the Braves added Marcelo Zuna, who batted 241, 29 home runs, 89 RBIs, 800 OPS, one-year, $18 million deal. He will be a very good addition for that outfield and offense which is why I think the Braves are still going to play at the high level that they played at last season, and I think they will take home the division. Mike Soroka, second in rookie of the year race, sixth in Cy Young at a 5.5 war, 29 games, 13-4 and record with a 2.68 ERA. I mean, that's that's great, especially for your first season in the, in the big leagues. I don't see Soroka getting any worse. I mean, he was a rookie last season. He's only going to go up from here, you'd think. So we'll have to see what happens with Mike Soroka. But Luke Jackson was the closer for the Atlanta Braves last season. In 70 games, he was 18-25. Braves kind of shifted around closers. I think he's their guy this year. Like I said, 18-25 on saves, 9-2, 3.84 ERA, a little high for a bullpen arm. You'd like to see that get down to uh, roughly right around the threes. But I think Luke Jackson will get that ERA down. So to run through it one more time, we'll go from first to last. I have the Atlanta Braves at 95 and 67, the Nationals at 87 and 75, the Mets at 83 and 79, the Phillies at 77 and 85, and the Miami Marlins at 66 and 96. So the NL Central is up next, and this division you could ask five people, and well, maybe four people, and you'd get four different answers for who's going to win the division. So Let's jump right into it. I think it's no surprise. The Pittsburgh Pirates are going to finish last in the division, 69 and 93 last year, 66 and 95 this year. They just don't really have as much talent as the other teams. They have Josh Bell, 277 average, 37 home runs, 116 RBIs, 936 OPS, All Star. I think he can continue to play like that. Uh, I think he hits over 40 home runs this year. Josh Bell will be an All Star again. Then you got Kevin Newman and Brian Reynolds, who both at who both batted above 300. Both had roughly 15 home runs, right around 
65 RBIs. Reynolds had an 880 OPS, 4.1 wins above replacement. Kevin Newman, 16 stolen bases, his second year in the MLB. Those two are bright spots for the Pittsburgh Pirates alongside Josh Bell, but other than that, I don't see this team going anywhere. Keon Kella, maybe their best bullpen arm, 32 games played, 212 ERA, but Chris Archer deal, that could go down as one of the worst deals that the Pirates have ever made. So here's where it gets a little interesting. Finishing fourth, I have the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals were 91 and 71 last season, division winners. I think they go 76 and 86. I think the loss of Marcelo Zuna is going to be far more significant than others are thinking. Paul Goldschmidt played great last season in the second half. The first half, he was horrible. Obviously, ended up saving his season to batting 260, 34 home runs, 97 RBIs with an 821 OPS. If Paul Goldschmidt continues to start out slow, the Cardinals might start off cold. And if they start off cold, they might just not be able to bounce back. Yadier Molina, 270 last season, 10 home runs, 57 RBIs, 7-11 OPS. He's getting up there in age. I think he takes a step back with average. I think he he is going to actually bat roughly 240-230. Tommy Edmond, 304 average, 11 home runs, 36 RBIs. He was a rookie last season. 3.9 wins above replacement. He's a bright spot for the team. Even him, I don't know if he's going to keep up the 304 average. The one guy I'm certain is going to succeed this year is Jack Flaherty. 39 game, or 33 games, excuse me, last season. 11 and 8, 275 ERA, 231 strikeouts, fourth in the Cy Young. Jack Flaherty's still going to play well. Giovanni Gallegos, bullpen arm, think he should be their closer this season. Didn't close too much last year. 66 games, 231 ERA, 93 strikeouts. I think him and Flaherty are great pitchers. You got a couple other pitchers like Miles Mikolas. I think I think Flaherty does well. Gallegos does well, and everyone else in the bullpen slash rotation kind of struggles this season. Finishing third in the NL Central, I have the Cincinnati Reds at 84 and 78 compared to their 75 and 87 season last year. Eugenio Suarez batted 271, 49 home runs, 103 RBIs, 930 OPS, 3.9 wins of a replacement. The guy can hit. I mean, he can hit for power. 49 home runs out of Eugenio Suarez. I never expected that. I think, obviously, he's not going to do that this year. We're talking maybe 35, 40. You never know with Eugenio Suarez. He surprised a lot of people last season. Maybe he'll surprise me again next year. The Cincinnati Reds had a good offseason, adding Mike Moustakis from the Brewers. 254 average, 35 home runs, 87 RBIs, 845 OPS. He was an all-star last year. I think he plays relatively the same with that 250 average, 35 home runs, maybe a little less RBIs, 75, I'm thinking. Uh, OPS right around 800. Mike Moustakis is a great addition for the Reds. And then Nick Castellanos, 289, 27 home runs, 73 RBIs, 863 OPS. He'll be another fine addition for the Reds. Luis Castillo, 32 games played last year. Uh, 15 and 8 record, 340 ERA, 226 strikeouts. This guy can play as well. He's a great pitcher. He's going to continue to dominate, and I think we could see him up around 15 wins again. Trevor Bauer, after a great 2018 season struggled in 34 games he was 11 and 13 with a 448 ERA 253 strikeouts is good to see from Trevor Bauer uh, but his ERA speaks for itself 448 I think he's going to have a much better year that he's going to have one of the best uh, comeback player of the year seasons I think we could see him get around 18 wins I think we could see him with a three 
two ERA, honestly. And I think we'll see him strike out plenty of batters. 253 was great for him. I think he can have right around the same, maybe 260 even. Finishing runner-up in the NL Central, I have the Milwaukee Brewers, finishing 87-75 and 75 compared to their 89-73 and 73 season last year. Christian Yelich betting 329, 44 home runs, 97 RBIs, 30 stolen bases, 1.100 OPS, 7.0 wins above replacement, and he missed all of September pretty much. I mean, imagine if he played September, would he have won MVP? I think he would have. No disrespect to Cody Bellinger. I think Christian Yelich is the best player in the NL at this time. Christian Yelich is going to lead the Brewers to an 87 win season alongside Keston Hira, who batted 303 with 19 home runs, 49 RBIs. He only played half the season. They called him up in the middle of the year. 938 OPS. You can expect a breakout year for Keston Hira. The addition of Avisayel Garcia, 282, 20 home runs, 72 RBIs, 796 OPS. Two years, $20 million deal in free agency. I think that's a great deal for Garcia and the Brewers. Brandon Woodruff in 22 games was 11 and 3 with a 362 ERA, 143 strikeouts, and he was an All Star. Brandon Woodruff is the ace for the Milwaukee Brewers. He is probably more slept on. Woodruff can play. He's a great pitcher. I, he's cool. He's poised. And I think he's ready for a breakout year as well. Josh Hader will continue to man the bullpen for Milwaukee as their closer. 61 games played last year. 2.62 ERA. 37 of 44 on saves. 136, 138 strikeouts. And was reliever of the year. I think Hader will continue to dominate in the bullpen, shut down the games, and continue to have a high number of saves for the Brewers this year. So finishing first in the NL Central, I think it's going to be the Chicago Cubs this year at 90 and 72 compared to their 84 and 80 or 84 and 78 last year. Chris Bryant, 282, 31 home runs, 77 RBIs. 903 OPS with a 3.7 war. I think he continues. I think he's actually going to hit above 300 this year. He's going to have not an MVP caliber year, but a very solid year. I think he'll hit over 100 RBIs as well. 903 OPS is probably right for Chris Bryant. Javi Baez batted 281, 29 home runs, 85 RBIs. 847 OPS with a 6 war all-star last season. He'll continue to play well. Just has to limit the number of strikeouts. He gets a little swing happy. Anthony Rizzo, 293, 27 home runs, 94 RBIs, 924 OPS, 3.8 war gold glove. He's going to win another gold glove. There's no doubt about it. Wilson Contreras for catching. Uh, He's solid. 272 average, 24 home runs, 64 RBIs, 888 OPS all-star. You'd like to see him get a little more. Or a couple more RBIs, but other than that, Wilson Contreras, solid player. Nico Horner, only 20 games last season, uh, rookie this year, 282 average, three home runs, 17 RBIs in 20 games. Uh, he's a rising star for the Cubs. He could be one of their everyday players this year. We'll have to see if he'll break into the roster. So to recap real quick, uh, we got the Cubs finishing first in the NL Central at 90 and 72, the Brewers second at 87 and 75, the Reds at 84 and 78, and the Cardinals at 76, 86. Finally, the Pirates at 66 and 95. So that'll lead me into the last division, the NL West. Uh, The San Francisco Giants are going to finish last. I don't think there's really any debate about that. 65 and 97 this year, I think, compared to their 77 and 85 last year. Uh, I just, I don't see much coming from them. They don't really have pitching. They don't have much, much hitting. Hunter Pence, 297, he's back with the team. 18 home runs, 59 RBIs. He was an all-star last year, played very well. Uh, He'll be a bright spot for the team. Mike Yastrzemski, possibly 
272 average, 21 home runs, 55 RBIs. It'll be his second year in the big leagues. Buster Posey, if he can stay healthy, we'll see what happens. Played in 117 games last season. Mauricio Dubon, part of the uh, part of a trade with Milwaukee earlier last year. 274 average, four home runs, nine RBIs in 30 games. We'll see what he can do. Uh, but like I said, I don't really see much pitching from the Giants. Jeff Samarja, maybe their brightest spot. 32 games last year, 11 and 12, 352 ERA, 140 strikeouts. Finishing fourth in the NL West is the Colorado Rockies, 71 and 91 last year, 72 and 90 this year. They get one game better. They've got offense. They just they don't have anything else. Their pitching is lackluster. They have German Marquez, 12 and 5, but a 4.76 ERA, 170 strikeouts in 28 games played. I I just don't see the Rockies having really any pitching, but they do have offense. Nolan Arenado, 3.15, 41 home runs, 118 RBIs, continues to be one of the best players in the NL. 6.7 WAR, Gold Glove. Trevor Story, 2.94, another great bat. Three uh, 35 home runs, 85 RBIs, 23 stolen bases, 6.1 WAR. I mean Arenado and Story's war, both around the sixes. That should tell you that their offense, their offense is great. It's just when it comes to pitching, especially at Coors Field, I don't see them succeeding at all in that category. Charlie Blackman, 314 average, 32 home runs, 86 RBIs, 940 OPS. Ryan McMahon, young player, 250, 24 home runs, 83 RBIs. They have the offense, they just don't have the pitching. That's pretty much what it comes down to for the Rockies. I think the Arizona Diamondbacks will finish third in the NL West this year at 83 and 79 compared to their 85 and 77 season last year. I got to talk about the Marte guys. Starling Marte will start off with 295 average for the Pirates last year, 23 home runs, 82 RBIs, 25 stolen bases, 845 OPS. Cattell Marte, 329, 32 home runs, 92 RBIs. 7.2 7.2 war, fourth in MVP voting. A lot of people don't realize how good of a season Kettle Marte had. I mean, he was solid. Eduardo Escobar played well for the Diamondbacks as well last year. 269 average, 35 home runs, 118 RBIs with an 831 OPS. Uh, those three players all are going to continue to play well offensively, I think, for the Diamondbacks. Pitching, they're okay with. They're not great. They don't really stand out. But they're they're solid. Madison Bumgarner, thirty five or thirty four games played last year, ninety nine record, three nine ERA. Like to see that get a little lower. Bumgarner's getting up there in age though, two oh three average. Zach Gallen, Robbie Ray, Luke Weaver, all solid pieces. But they're not they're not really standout guys, you know. Zach, I mean Zach Gallen had a great ERA last season. We'll have to see if he can continue that this year. Archie Bradley, bullpen arm, sixty six games, three five two ERA, eighteen out of twenty one saves. I think he should get a little more workload for save opportunities for the Diamondbacks this year. We're talking maybe maybe 30 saves this year for Archie Bradley. We'll have to see. And then finishing second, I have the San Diego Padres at 85 and 77 compared to their 70 and 92 season last year. I think they're going to take a huge leap this year. Fernando Tatis Jr., 317 average, 22 home runs, 53 RBI, 16 stolen bases. 969 OPS, third in the rookie of the year race. He was injured for a while. It would have been it would have been interesting to see him and Alonzo and Soroka compete for a rookie of the year. I think it would have been close if Tatis played the full year. Manny Machado, 256 average, 32 home runs. You like to see from him. 85 RBIs. That's 
pretty much a Machado year. 796 OPS. Tommy Pham had a 273 average, 21 home runs, 68 RBIs, 25 stolen bases, 3.8 war. Tommy Pham's a great outfielder, and he's a great hitter. I think we could see him around a 280 average, roughly 25 home runs. 75 RBIs maybe and if we push it maybe 30 stolen bases too the biggest question for the Padres this season is how Chris Paddock is going to play Chris Paddock is a great young pitcher and he can throw some gas 26 games 9-7 with a 3-3-3 ERA 153 strikeouts 0.98 whip Paddock had games where he showed a lot of potential and really dominated and then Paddock also had games where he got lit up I think Chris Paddock is here to stay this year. He was up and down in the minors last year. Uh, I think he's here to stay in the Major League roster. I think he's going to be a great player this season. I think we could honestly see him with 15 wins, maybe even a 3-3 ERA again. And then Kirby Yates, a great bullpen arm for the Padres, 60 games last year. He had a 1-1-9 ERA, which is fantastic, a 41 out of 44 saves, and 101 strikeouts. I mean, he was right up there with Josh Hader, and he could arguably be one reliever of the year instead of Josh Hader, but I think he will continue his dominance in the bullpen, shut the door for the Padres, and we could see him with over 40 saves again this year. And then the Los Angeles Dodgers, I'm sure they're a clear-cut favorite in just about everybody's NL West predictions 106 and 56 last year. I think they go 102 and 60 this year. There are so many players you could talk about with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So many players. We'll talk about the NL MVP, Cody Bellinger. 305, 47 home runs, 115 RBIs with a 1.035 OPS. I don't think he's going to replicate that. I think he's going to play a little worse. It's hard to replicate that. A 305, 47, and 115. I think he's still going to play at a high level, but no way he can replicate that. Mookie Betts acquired from Boston for the Alex Verdugo trade. 295 average, 29 home runs, 80 RBIs. A down year from his MVP year, but I think now that he's in L.A., he's going to pick it back up. I mean, there's more people to talk about, too. Justin Turner, Gavin Lux even, the rookie, Max Muncy. They're all solid. Justin Turner was had a 290 average with 27 home runs, 67 RBIs, 881 OPS, 4.1 war. Clayton Kershaw, I mean, there's not much else to say about this team. Kershaw had 29 games played last year, 16-5 and with a 303 ERA, 189 strikeouts. He was an all-star. Walker Bueller, 30 games, 14-4, and 326 ERA, 215 strikeouts. Two complete games last year, led the NL. Dodgers, easily the favorite to not only win the West, but I think also to be the top seed in the National League. So to recap real quick, we have the Dodgers at 102 and 60, the Padres at 85 and 77, the Diamondbacks at 83 and 79, the Rockies 72 and 90, and then the San Francisco Giants at 65 and 97. So the awards for the NL MVP, I've got Christian Yelich again. I think last season he could have won it if he played all year. I mean, he's just been a monster since going to Milwaukee. I don't see signs of him slowing down. He continues to play well. I mean, last season he had a 329 average with 44 home runs, 97 RBIs, 30 stolen bases. This guy is, if it wasn't for his fielding, he could be a 5-2 player easily. Cy Young, it's a little far-fetched. I think it's possible. Walker Bueller from the Dodgers, 14-4 and last season, 326 ERA, 215 strikeouts. Walker Bueller's young, he's dominant, and he's going to play well this season. I think he's getting a Cy Young. Rookie of the year, I've got Gavin Lux from the Dodgers as well. Gavin Lux was a great player, 
for the last couple weeks, I think it was. He'll continue to play well. I think we can see him batting around 280, 20 home runs, 70 RBIs. I, I can see that happening. Gavin Lux takes home rookie of the year in the NL. The reliever of the year, Kirby Yates. I think Josh Hader going back to back. I don't think he can three-peat. He might. It's going to be close between Hader and Yates. I think both of them are going to have great seasons, but I think the committee eventually is going to go with Kirby Yates. And the manager of the year, I have Jace Tingler from the Padres taking a team from 70 and 92 to 85 and 77. Even though it's not a playoff team in the NL for my predictions, I still think that's well worth manager of the year. So then that leads to the playoffs. In the NL wild card, it would be the Washington Nationals at the Milwaukee Brewers. I think the Brewers get revenge on the Nationals this year. They'll advance to the NLDS where they'll play the Dodgers, where eventually the Dodgers will win 3-2. The Cubs will play Atlanta. I think Atlanta sweeps Chicago 3-0. And then Atlanta at the Dodgers. I think Atlanta is coming out of the National League this year in Game 7. So that should wrap things up today. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. If you could share, like, give me some feedback, that would be fantastic. Next week, we should have something different than baseball, possibly talking about the return of the NBA. I just wanted to give you my AL and NL previews to start the podcast. Thank you all for making this possible. I appreciate you guys listening. And without further ado, we'll wrap it up here. Oh, 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 oh,